0: And hello, late tea time podders around the world. Good to have you with us again. It is well, we say we caught you as late as possible on a Wednesday, and it is now quarter to eleven in the evening on that Wednesday in the UK. And it is James and Dave, as always on the late tea time podcast. And today, DT. Um, well, firstly, how are you? I only saw you about three minutes ago We're doing something else. But how are you? And looking yep. ahead to the uh, Wells Fargo Championship today. Yeah,
1: one of the big events. What? what? We now know as designated events where all the big guns come out to play, although not quite because there's no John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler, but just about everyone else is here in uh, North Carolina to try and pick up the uh, a big
0: chunk of the $20 million purse. So yeah, it should be a, a good week, one to really enjoy. I heard a snippet of something on the radio earlier, and I don't know if it was relating to this tournament or not, but Rory McIlroy, three times course winner. If that is the case, is that job done, finished podcast, goodbye everybody? Well, let's start with him then, because um,
1: he he didn't actually um, give an official interview for the tournament. Normally, you can look down the list and think, yeah, they'll they'll bring them in for an official interview, and that they have with most of them. But he he wasn't on there. But he did speak uh, to the Golf Channel, and that was quite an interesting um, quotes that emerged from that. But he basically, he said he. You know, he missed the cut of the Masters, which everyone thought, oh, well, what, what's gone on there? And he, he, and then he didn't play um, at Hilton Head the week after another designated event, which, you know, he's got fined for not playing there. But he said he needed to have a break from the game for his mental and emotional well being. Okay. Um, so his quotes were, um, it's nice to come back and feel refreshed. I think we're on a pretty busy run from now until after the playoffs. So, I'm excited to get going. So, I think he put a lot of pressure on himself. There's a story, isn't there, that on the Wednesday at the Masters, he'd shot five under on the back nine and he admitted he started to think about winning the tournament and becoming, right. you know, just one of the few men to have
0: achieved the Grand Slam and he got ahead of himself. Um, so, I always feel that in those majors, he tries too hard. It's almost like he's yeah. beating himself up after every bad shot, celebrating after it. It's, the intensity, it's hard to sustain over 72 holes, that kind of level of intensity, isn't it? Yeah, and I think he just arrived there with a lot. I mean, he, he's had a
1: lot on his... The last year, he's had a lot on his plate with all the live stuff. He's become kind of the official mm. spokesman for the for the sort of PGA Tour, and he's fought the corner, and I think it's worn him down and taken a lot out of him, more out of him than he thought. When it comes to like the masters, where you need to be really mentally on it, I just think he was maybe running on empty a little bit. Yeah. So it, it, he's been clever. He's taken the time off since. There is just a little comment from the Golf Channel. Um, if you read the piece, it says um, Golf Today co host Eamon Lynch, who interviewed him, um, who is close with McElroy in a professional sense, commented after the interview that McElroy looked a little tired. But, you know, who knows? I mean, I could look at you and say you look a bit tired and you'll... Oh, I am. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but often with Rory it, and so many golfers, it's comfort level, isn't it? It's where the mm-hmm. comfort. Augusta, he's got all this anxiety. Is he going to win it? At this course, as you said, he's won it three times. Um, so I think it'd be remiss of me not to put him up as a bet because... It's kind of new quotes. I didn't really know how he'd taken the Masters thing. I didn't, you know, you wanted an explanation. I think it was just a question of um, he got ahead of himself. He was running a bit on empty, needed a break. Um, So for him to come back and say he feels a bit refreshed, that's one thing. But then the other thing, I mean, he's going to act that out on a course that he knows. Yeah. There's none of this anxiety about Augusta. He knows he can win here. I mean, his first win here came when he made the cut on the number. So he basically thinks he can do anything on this course. So uh, that's good. Just a little uh, note on the course. A few players have said, uh, because it's been overseeded, I don't want to get too deep into sort of grass terminology, but uh, the effects of kind of overseeding the the Bermuda grass, is it playing a bit softer than it would have done, uh, than it did say in in the President's Cup, which hosted it in October 22. So I th- I always think that maybe helps McElroy a little bit, just a slightly
0: softer course. Does that make the Greens run a bit slower as well? Because if you've got more blades of grass to go over, that surely slows the ball down a bit, does it? Well,
1: I think the Greens will run fast and true. It's just sort of generally, um, yeah, without going too deep into that, I, I just think McElroy has got the course conditions slightly more in his favour um, right. than if the Overseas hadn't kicked in and it's a course that he loves and... You know, you look at some of the, you know, even Tiger Woods. There were certain courses, three or four courses, that he just kept winning on. You now he walked onto the first tee, one up, as it were. So McIlroy, he's seven to one. He'll be well back this week, but just getting that little bit of inside info on how he's feeling mm. just made me think. Yeah, do, you know, do you know what? Seven to one. I don't want to let that go. It's not like he's five to two or some crazy short price. He's seven to one, so it's a it's a win only bet. He may crash and burn, but then again. You know, he may just step up to the plate again on this course and show why it's one of his favorites. This is Late Tea Time, the
0: golf betting podcast.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings
0: are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, Rory's um, heading the market. He's his favourite, 7 to 1, as you say. Patrick Cantlay, 13. You've got uh, Tony Finnau and Zander Schaffelé in there at 16. Jordan Spieth, 18 to 1, as is Victor Hovland, my mate. Cameron Young is in there at 20s. Justin Thomas 22s. And my other mate, Colin Morikawa is in there at 25s, as is Jason Day. So we've done the Rory chat. Yeah. Well, seven to one, good price. Well yeah. put on the betting slip. I'll run
1: you through some of the other um contenders and what they said because um it's worth just hearing what they said in the interviews. It's kind of the whole point of this podcast. We look for the late information. Um so Ricky Fowler, for example, he's one here before and he said. He missed the Masters. He didn't qualify, but he's clearly been getting better since he went back to Butch Harmon. He said, "Missing the Masters, yeah, it was a bummer. I, I en- ended up watching a decent amount, like everyone does, while he was out playing golf. He was live streaming it on his phone, okay, um, and it was kind of giving giving him the motivation to think, you yeah, know, I should be there. I should. Be. So that could have given him a little sort of boost that he needs to, um, you know, get back to the Masters. He needs to get back into that world's top fifty. Uh, so he's got the motivation there. Patrick Cantlay, who you mentioned, he's got a new caddy on the bag. Uh, Joe LaCarver, who was Tiger Woods' caddy. Uh, so, Lovely. yeah, so he's basically said he's not fallen out with his former caddy. They just sort of needed a break. Do you reckon uh, so- um, Joe Lacava will get him to play a bit faster? He's painfully slow. Yeah, they asked him quite a lot about that in the interview actually. And he saw
0: sort of on the masters glossed the, over, yeah, yeah. He was so slow around the Augusta, uh, he, you know, yeah, yeah. He was, he, he was eyeing up his pot, judging it, walking around it, walking around it, getting over the top of it, and then breaking away and do it all again. It just it was crazy, yeah,
1: slow. Just, it drives you mad. And the thing is, I don't think it bothers him unless he's.
0: Even when it's highlighted to me, just sort of, well, you know, it doesn't seem I was, like it's I was on thinking his mind. More from the, I was thinking more from the angle of, uh, well, two angles. The, his playing partner, it would drive me mad if the person I was playing with was that slow. And also the people that were behind him, because the, the people behind him were queuing up behind him to take their tee shots, and he was still faffing about. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. If you watch I mean, him, just speed up, man.
1: There's some players I can imagine Tyrrell Hatton going a bit sort of rolling his eyes if he had to play alongside him but anyway you you often hear a story don't you where um a player wins and then it's revealed or halfway through the tournament at least that they had a new caddy on the bag and you think, oh I yeah, only right. had known that but so in this case we do know it from the start um I'm not particularly that keen on him he's he's in good form but he he's not got any uh record on this course. Uh, and you wonder why he's not played it previously. Maybe he doesn't think it's the, the right one for him. Xander um, Schafferle, he's been asked about the state of his game. And he, he said, it's getting better. I feel like I've been playing a little bit more solid of late. Typically just a slow starter, trying to adjust for that. So he he thinks he starts the season a bit slow. I usually come in pretty good form throughout the summer. So maybe wait maybe wait for him a little bit before we uh, get back to Xander Schafferle. Tony Finau. It was pointed out to him that he's not got a great course record here, just a couple of top twenty-fives, and he said, "Yeah, but I like the course." He obviously won in Mexico last week, but he wasn't over, overly convinced. Of me, they asked him why he's improved. You know, started winning in the last few seasons after he had been the sort of nearly man, and he couldn't get that mm-hmm. second win. He just said it's down to his putting and not tinkering around. He came up with this good quote um, when he was asked about. Tinker, and he said, It's a great lesson to be learned. It's a lot better to be great at one thing than tinker around with 10,000 different techniques. I think Bruce Lee has a saying about something like that. He's more scared of a guy who practices one punch 10,000 times than someone who practices 10,000 things one time. Yeah. I'd say I agree with that, says Tony. I think someone, um, Lorenzo on Twitter, pointed out that um I think it, it was actually kicks rather than. Um, punches, but you, you get the point.
0: Well, it's, it's that ten thousand cool. hours thing, isn't it? The going back to uh if you do something and you want to be world class at it, do it ten thousand times. That's the uh, the principle. And yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, finish, you,
1: yeah, doing yeah. that. Yeah, um, Justin Thomas says a very special place. He's won a major here. He loves the course, um but he does say, I just feel like for the majority of the months this year, I just seem. Like, basically, every round I'm playing, I shoot the highest score I possibly could. Um, I mean, you could go on the... You go on these sprees sometimes in golf. So he feels he's in a bit of one of those ones where he's just not getting, you know, the scores he thinks he deserves. Or he's it's, not it's coming just up the course thinking, yeah, oh, I've I've uh, yeah.
0: cheekily shot a few under there when I shouldn't have done. I, I thought that was one of the interesting things from that Netflix documentary where... I mean, obviously, Tony Finnell, um, we mentioned just him, but the... I can't remember which player it was, came off the course, and he said, my, my real score was about five better than, than that. I felt I played really well today, just didn't get it today. And yeah. we've all played, we've all played um, courses where you hit a really good iron into the green, it bounces just short, and then takes pings off to the right instead of goes into the bunker, and you're yeah. only getting down in three from there, and you, you, you don't quite get the reward for how well you're hitting the ball, and that's our standard. I'm sure the same translates to the pros. Yeah, and
1: I think when it's going your way, it's going your way, isn't it? And maybe like with John Rahm, it's going his way. He's got the force. And Justin Thomas in the past, he's been the man who sort of everything had clicked. But the moment, he feels like he's just mm. fighting it a bit. He kind of knows over a career it will come again. But I don't know. I'm just thinking rather than anticipate it,
0: I'd rather see that see him win again and then back him. The danger with that as well, Dave, is that if you unless you've got a really strong personality, if you if you start having those demons in your head that it's not quite going my way, as soon as on the second he gets a bad bounce or something goes wrong, oh, it's another one of those days, isn't it? Yeah, 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 sort of confirmation
1: bias, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, So a little maybe just not negative as such, but just a kind of doesn't doesn't tempt me to run out and back him. But the one I I do like where he's just clearly in a good place is Max Homer um, who won this event here in 2019 uh, when quite a big price. He wasn't the the Max Homer we all know and love now. Then he won it again last year when it was held at a different course. Then in the Ryder Cup held here in 2022, September 22, he won all his matches. Um, So It's not surprising that he says this, he says, I love this golf course. I love coming to Charlotte. Charlotte's probably my favorite city we go to outside of the California ones where, you know, he's got a brilliant record. The golf course is tremendous and really good shape. So I love coming here. My game feels really good coming to a place that I have good memories and feel the course sets up nicely for me. It feels like I'll be able to kind of transfer what I'm doing the last couple of weeks at home uh, to a big individual golf tournament because it's he wasn't great in the Masters, he admitted. Then he wasn't great at Hilton Head, but then he he played that pairs event this year at Classic and felt things clicked. And he feels like while he's been at home practising the last few weeks, things have really got going again. So basically, this is a player who says his game's in a great place. He's coming to one of his favourite courses. There's all good vibes coming from Max Homer. So I thought he was a a, a good each-way bet
0: based on all that 25s, I think you're gonna, yeah, well, you can get him at twenty um, five places that's with the likes of Bet365, um, Bet Victor, um, Bet Fred. Um, but at 25 to one, you can get him eight places with Bet Fair, um, yeah. at 22s. Coral are offering 12 places this week, yeah, so at uh, 22 to one, if you fancy uh, just getting a little bit more insurance there on your bet, but. Yeah, shop around you'll, you'll find the uh, one that's right for you but Max Homer roughly 28, 25, depending on how many places you want
1: yeah just to compare him to Justin Thomas for example um, I mean they've both won on the course but Max Homer's won loads of times. Justin Thomas has only won once in yeah. 14 months but Max Homer just keeps winning and winning and winning so I think he's a for me you know he's a bigger prize he's a better bet this is late tea time Next word in golf
0: betting with
1: James Butler and Dave Tyndall. Uh, so McElroy to win, Max Homer each way, and then I've got a couple of first round leader bets as well Okay, for you. Um, you mentioned uh, full swing. If you, I presume you watched the Joel da- Damon one.
0: I did. I really liked him.
1: Yeah, so he's a very likeable character. And, and this is uh, one of his uh, favourite places as well. He's played it three times, and he's come eighteenth, second, and sixteenth. Um, and in two thousand and nineteen, he was the first round leader. He was tenth after round one the last time he played it. He was eleventh in the Zurich Classic recently at that pairs event. So he's he's the other thing I've noticed is um, it does seem, as we speak, quite late in the day, that the weather will p- the wind will pick up a little bit in the afternoon on Thursday and Joel Damon's got a early morning tea time I think he goes out maybe seven something Um, but at the Heritage his last stroke play event he was fifth after round one so he's got the course he likes he's got recent example of a fast start played well last time being the round one leader on this course before so I thought Joel Damon for round one leader 110 to 1 yeah it's good isn't it
0: yeah
1: and then similarly um, at a three figure price Steven Yeager. The
0: Yeager the, um, did he hit
1: bombs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, again, that
0: though,
1: <laughs> yeah, again he's, um, he's got that really early tee time. He's, he's off at one minute past seven, the poor chap, so he's got to get up early. Um, but on the PGA Tour this year, he's ninth in round one scoring, so you know he does go well in on day one. Now, he was the first round leader at the Valspar Championship three starts ago. And then in Mexico last week, he was fourth after round one. So again, um, we've got a player who seems to be in the right part of the draw, uh, given the weather forecast on Thursday. It's nothing dramatic, but it just looks easier for the morning players. Uh, they'll get the smoother greens as well. So he's uh, a player I think you can get 100 to one. Is that right?
0: Just trying to find him. I think I've gone the wrong way on my uh, my sheet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was only th- he was three above Joel Damon, and I went the other way. Um, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, hundred to one. So um, Joel Damon, one hundred and ten, and Stephen Yeager There is a uh, hundred to one. Um, yeah, so they're two uh, sort of each way bets for first round leader. Yeah, about five or six places, depending on where you, you go on the first round leader. There.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, two players. Probably, I think one of the big guns will win this week. Uh, but for day, for round one, you know, anyone can lead really. And these two have got history of fast starts and the, the good tea time. So we've got the sort of classy players on the outright market, McElroy
0: and Homer, and then a couple of each way darts to throw at c- a yeah. couple of three figure prices on the round one leader. Yeah, McElroy 7 to 1, Max Homer 28. So if you want more places, down to 22s for a little bit more with Coral, etc. And then Stephen Yeager or Stefan Yeager 100 to 1, and Joel Damon 110 to 1. Um, usually a good one, the Wells Fargo, isn't it? And it's a good, uh, good feel that's been assembled there. So should be a good uh, few days um, as we go through that. Hopefully, we'll get some winning bets. Gamble responsibly, out there, everybody. Uh, and thanks, as always, DT. Yeah, cheers, James. And uh, this has been a sports broadcast media production. And uh, we will see you again, hopefully, if everything is well, um, around about the same time next week. Always gamble responsibly visit bcampbellaware.org for more information
1: sports social podcast network